Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our Southern Illinois studios is a man who also turned down and gave up his 660,000 euro a week salary with Real Madrid just to come do this podcast for airtime. It's producer Mason. How are you doing this week, Mason? Oh, I'm good. Uh, yeah, despite appearances, I have uh, quite a bit of uh, of money uh, just tied up. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, just tied up. <laughs> Will not be disclosing my net worth at this time. <laughs> also finds it uh, much easier to get tea times in this area than uh, he did over in uh, Spain. And uh, we're all alone, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, other head of this three-headed monster, uh, caveman Sean uh, Campbell, is, uh, well, he's got the flimsy excuse that he's flying back from San Antonio. <laughs> Went down there to drink overpriced and watered-down margaritas on the river walk and spray paint on the Alamo. <laughs> Reportedly was there for a wedding, can neither confirm nor deny. He says he's flying back now. Hopefully he's u- using an aeroplane for that. Because if not, he's plummeting back <laughs> to the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> and he's missing a big week. Uh, it's a big week for St. Louis City SC. We got a lot of things to talk about. It's very exciting stuff, to be quite honest. Uh, they've been out kind of uh, not really a secret. They've been looking for a midfielder. Somebody to run things in the middle part, a central midfielder, and they found one by the name of Edward Leuven. That last name is spelled L-O, don't forget the umlaut, W-E-N, pronounced Leuven. He's a 25-year-old box-to-box midfielder, uh, will be uh, 26 next season, as his birth date is in January, and uh, he's coming in on a reported fee of $1.1 million from Hertha Berlin. His last season, he was on loan to VFL Bochum, where he was integral, actually, in helping them stave off relegation. They finished sort of solidly mid-table. It's interesting. His market value on Transfer Market US is $2.2 million. The reported transfer fee from said website is $1.1 million. Uh, and Hertha Berlin signed him in 2019 for 7 million euros. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know to, what to make of those numbers other than that they are interesting. <laughs> now, MLS is not at the level of, uh, you know, first-tier Bundesliga. Could be that his style of play, his quality, is he stuck behind people on Hertha? I don't can't really say that I know a lot about Hertha Berlin. Uh, he's a going to be slotted in as it looks like into the sixth or the uh, uh, central defender, really helping to guard the back line. Did have two goals, two assists uh, for VFL Bochum in the last season. Not terrible numbers actually for a defensive midfield position. Uh, Really, you know, looking at some of the video of him, it's hard to say, but the position he plays as a defensive midfielder, what are you going to see? You know, you're going to see highlights, 
even if they showed bad things, you're just going to see him missing a tackle or something. It's that doesn't really tell you much. Uh, you got to think that uh, they were out looking. It was reported there were some other names mooted. How close they were, we don't know. Uh, for a midfielder, uh, he is actually a German youth international or a full international if you count the 2021 Olympic team. He was on that for Germany. They played three matches. He started two of them. He has played extensively throughout the youth setup in Germany. That's a plus in his favor. Uh, otherwise, I'm not sure what we are getting. He's generally considered, from what I have could gather, uh, to be fairly well thought of. Uh, but it's hard to judge this. And how is he going to play in MLS? Bundesliga does make a pretty good comparison because of its style of play. It's somewhat physical. It's somewhat fast, not overly fast like the Premier League, but MLS plays quick, plays fast. Uh, he has to have the setup to play in this sort of high-pressing style. Uh, energy drink soccer, as it's often referred to. So it's really hard to say. But uh, St. Louis has scored him. He's going to be listed as a DP. He is signed through 2026, so he's getting a long-term contract with an additional option year. So what kind of salary is on that tells me he's, with a long-term contract, parading that thing? It tells me that it must be a fairly high contract for him to be a DP. So he must be well thought of. And it also tells me they had to kind of entice him to come over to MLS, is what I'm thinking. But this is all pure conjecture from, you know, me just knowing what I know about how things work and dreaming things up in my sleep, so to speak. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on this, Mason? Well, I mean, this was uh, kind of like one of the last big key pieces that we were missing to be signed, right, was uh, a midfielder. A midfielder somewhere. We had our striker, we had our goalie, we had our defender. We needed a midfielder. Some kind of we still need more midfielders, obviously. Uh, especially in MLS, midfield is extremely important. But we've got one now. Yeah. We don't no longer need to, you know, talk about where maybe Sel Selmir Pedro might slot in in this because I don't think that he is going to be the predominant <laughs> figure in that midfield any longer. I, I am not so sure he was signed to actually be a key piece of the starting lineup. I though don't. I think there's anticipation that he could win that. Yeah, I but I tend to agree. But when we've done our, our kind of uh, conjectures in the past, we've kind of, kind of had to treat it like he was because we didn't have any other ones. Well, now we do. Yeah, I was kind of expecting with some of the other names mooted to be more of an attacking midfielder or uh, the number 10 that's still prevalent in MLS but kind of disappearing on more of the international stage. Uh, but did want somebody to play the central defense and, uh, you know, the defensive role play that box-to-box -box role, looks like uh, he does have some goals and assists in him for that role. Uh, not a lot. Not what you would, you wouldn't expect a lot from that position as it's deep lying on the field. Uh, so if he's up to snuff, we'll find out. 
uh, you know, all of these guys are that are coming in from the Bundesliga, coming in from Europe, uh, out on loan. You just don't know how they're going to translate to MLS. MLS is a strange quantity. It's got some very high quality attackers uh, while also having some players that aren't quite of the same quality to play around. Will they shine in these sort of roles around that or do they rely upon other better quality players around them to make them look better? And we, you know, anytime there's a transfer in any league in the world, everybody has these questions. So they're not endemic only to an expansion team in MLS, more prevalent there, but uh, they're endemic to every team in the world, really, when you bring somebody in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing with uh, him slotting in at the at the number six position is, um, I don't know if he's a natural number six or what, but he is kind of has played all central midfield positions. Attacking midfield, central, defensive, I don't know what his natural position is. Uh, the club has s- said without much uncertainty that they want to play him as a number six. So uh, that's kind of the expect- ex- expectation going forward. But at least from the little bit that I looked into, he has experience in all three central midfield positions. Well, if you know anything about German football and the way this style of game is played, there's it's a lot influx. of fluidity yeah. amongst that. So. Having a skill set, they apparently f- think he fits the profile. Well, they're tying up a lot with a DP in a long-term contract, so apparently they think he's the real deal. Uh, I can't say as I'm sold on him, but haven't seen him play, really. So, it's uh, leave that to see what happens. They must think there's something there, something that can be trained in, something that fits in their profile. And uh, he has an umlaut in his name. He joins Roman <laughs> Berkey in that contingent. So <laughs> there is at least that. <laughs> yeah, you get the umlauts. He's also, out of all the Bundesliga and Europeans, he's the first German to actually be signed by Lutz Feindenstiel. So uh, there is that as well. The first actual German, because I thought that Roman Berkey was German. He is not. He is Swiss. Yeah. Um. So... But I mean, regarding that DP signing, I uh, I have no real opinion on if it's good one, bad one, or what yet. But I am at least kind of interested. That they are willing to use DP slots on people that aren't just forwards. Well, it's yeah, that's it's interesting. Now. He's been in the German youth inter, uh, youth international for quite some time and has played a prominent role. So apparently there is talent there. Uh, his professional career has he's been a professional since 2017. Has a lot of experience, uh, mostly in the first tier. He's been out on loan since he signed with Hertha. Hertha's not been that great a team, but they've had their moments. Perhaps they just found somebody he couldn't push through, uh, which would still make him okay to be, you know, quite uh, good in an MLS setting and coming over. The fact also that he signed for a long contract to come over here, 
uh, also tells you a little bit something about how much St. Louis City and Lutz and the scouting staff wanted him as well to target him. So time will tell. But uh, we got yet another signing and uh, piecing together quite the team already in the roster. Uh, and this is well before you can even start approaching any MLS players that are out there. And uh, with the Super Draft upcoming, going to have the first pick, you got a chance of a generation Adidas player that's considered sort of a lock because MLS picks up their salary and guarantees it ahead of time and not taking the salary cap hit. You can also trade that coveted pick. Uh, Super Draft really isn't a great thing to bring it in, but you're at the top of that draft pick. You've got a chance to find something out there. Uh, so we'll see how they're going. Uh, to be this far ahead and these guys going to start coming in in the next week or two actually into St. Louis and be on the pitch training together and working together is just, it's a blessing that I don't think any other MLS team has really had to have such a core of the team already there and able to work and do it with the up-and-comers that are in the own, their own uh, development team that are under their control like we have with MLS Next Pro right now. That's, uh, you know, it gives us expectations that might be a little higher than what the team can actually pull off in the first season, but uh, everything's working in their favor, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I uh, You mentioned uh, the Super Draft and, you know, the option of trading that draft pick away. And I kind of balked at it when you first said it <laughs> in my mind. But then I was like, well, you know, Charlotte made a lot of goofy moves like that when during their expansion draft in the super draft. And we, or at least for at least I thought that they were nuts for doing so. And Charlotte has managed to kind of congeal into a pretty decent team. So who knows? Yeah, I'm not, that familiar with the college game at all i don't know if there's what kind of class is coming through if there's any particular players that are going to be desired to where you can trade that super draft pick for a you could trade it off for some allocation money to where you might be able to sign somebody that's really talented in mls and make a splash that way and bring that level of experience and knowledge of the league into a team with what appears to be some international talent. Yeah, It's going to be very interesting after the World Cup to see how all this shakes out and what's probably going to be a pretty compressed schedule because of the, the Winter World Cup this year uh, to try to finalize the roster once MLS is done than the World Cup and how MLS is going to handle that schedule with the draft, the free agency, and everything else. Are they going to do it concurrent with the World Cup, which is a tad bit unseemly. Usually you leave those big tournaments on their own before you announce these. Are they going to open the window, but no announcements can be done after the World Cup? Possibly. I can see that happening. And then... What's the win uh, winter window transfer market for the rest of the world going to be uh, during that offseason because of the disruption of the World Cup that's going to disrupt all the other leagues in the world? 
It, it's it very interesting. This is going to be a very interesting winter, I have to say. I uh, really makes you wonder just how much money FIFA got paid because <laughs> this is uh, yeah holding this uh, holding the World Cup in Qatar has really thrown a wrench into the works. <laughs> Yeah, it was supposed to be played in the summer because they promised, like, air-conditioned stadiums in open air. Come on. How do we really feel? You can hit us up <laughs> on Twitter, at Soccer Capital. How do you really feel about this silly World Cup this year? Uh, yeah, nah, nah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> enough of this. Uh, speaking of how we're going to develop a team that we're already building, well, that comes down to our MLS Next Pro team. St. Louis City SC2. City 2. They're good. They're pretty good. They're good. They're pretty good. Uh, They haven't, you know, this is their first season in a new league. A lot of these uh, other teams coming in actually were in USL Championship, quite a few of them, and performing well. One that has a history of performing well in USL Championship would be the Real Monarchs of uh, Real Salt Lake. and they were in town. Well, they were in the area. Ish, yeah. Yeah, they were at Ralph Cordy Stadium in uh, the campus of Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, uh, this past, what day was that, Saturday or Sunday? It was Saturday. Saturday. And uh, you may have, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, which was a little bit late because of some technical difficulties, uh, we had uh, kind of, uh, you know, thrown out there the idea of doing another, you know, Twitter Spaces um, that ended up not happening because we went. <laughs> we went. We went. So we were at the game um, and at the tailgate. So and we'll have a little bit more on that later. But what happened at the game, Mason? At the game, it kind of started out and the Monarchs had uh, some pressure out the gate. I think they wanted to... <laughs> They've played us before, and they knew what kind of what they were in for. They wanted to try and get an early goal and get on top of us. That's the way I thought it was. Yeah, yeah I thought they were trying to jump on it. Yeah, and uh, it it didn't work. Um, Michael Creek stood tall. The defense stood tall, and uh, and then on the counter, pretty quickly, uh, Kyle Hebert scores in the eleventh, um, and that is Kyle Hebert's first goal of the season. And that was off an assist from... I don't recall who had the assist. But Hebert's been good. He's been good lately. Uh, he's... With his role there, uh, you don't expect a lot of goals from him, but he's been quite solid and played a lot, a lot of minutes for City, too. Yes. Yeah, He uh, Kyle Hebert has been very solid. And that was off an assist from Kwame Awua, oh, who has Uwa. also been very good. Lately, I didn't. I wasn't so impressed early on this season, but he's been a lot better here of late, and so has the team. They're gelling quite well. Uh, and then uh, later in the second half, there was another goal, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, Max Schneider, another name that you all should be familiar with because he's also been performing quite well, gets another good ball in to Akil Watts, another name you should be very familiar with, um, and that's in the 29th minute. And puts us up 2-0. So, real kind of bang-bang kind of plays happening here. Yeah. And then after that, really, after that, City pretty much just dominated the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real Monarchs just aren't that good this season. Uh, 
Michael Creek and goal had to do a couple of saves. You held on for a second clean uh, sheet of the season. Yeah. Creek got credited with five saves. I'd say that he had at least two really good saves, big ones. Um, but credited with five and he played very good. Uh, yeah. Even though he, I think he did get a yellow for a handball, which I, cause I saw that, but I didn't know why he got it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, going to the games, it's really hard to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that uh, quite a few of you who listen know that we're, when we go to the games, we're in there in the supporter section and you can't let the people in the supporter section down and just sit there and try to watch the game. You got to be involved. So. Yeah, uh, you're trying to pull double duty. You can't watch the game quite as intently. But I did see that that uh, yeah, the creek got a card for something. I didn't see the handball. I thought I don't it was time wasting myself. Yeah, so did I. Um, but anyway, it, I think it would officially went down as a handball, which sure, whatever, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, game got a little chippy there at the end. Uh, yes. The way that uh, the style that Lutz, Lutz Ball is going to be is a very annoying style. You just get up in people's faces and cause issues all game. And at the end, there seemed to be some frustration. Uh, well, and then also, um, I think it was Matt Baker on Flyover said that uh, that the Monarchs are, if nothing else, kind of a gritty team. Um, like they, I think they have the most yellow cards is what, what, he, what Baker said. Um, and also they're not very good. They're probably frustrated <laughs> both with the way the game is going because we are like gnats. You can't swat away and they're just not playing very good. <laughs> so probably frustrated with themselves. It adds up. Yeah, it adds up Two uh, players for, uh, the Monarchs got, uh, yellow cards in what the last 10 minutes of the match. Yeah. It was a couple like right there in the 80ths. Um, yeah, yellow in the 83rd and 87th. But uh good win, pretty solid win again. They're really playing well. Uh stretches the uh the unbeaten streak to seven straight games for them. That includes one that they lost in the penalty shootout, but that's still considered a draw. They also won one in the penalty shootout. That's considered a draw. Uh but where's that leave them in the standings right now, Mason? Well, <laughs> we end up saying this a lot, don't we? I think that this took them up to first in the conference after that win. But then the following day on that Sunday, North Texas played their match and they won that match 4-0, which then gave them a better score di uh, uh, goal differential and they jumped us. So we are now second, like just solidly second, and they are now first. Um, if you remember last week, uh, we talked about how remarkably similar those score lines are. They still are remarkably similar. But they but got we, two extra goals. Yes. So we no longer have the same score differential, and now they have jumped us. But um, this is a really good team, man. Every time I watch this team, I'm impressed. There's only four home matches it's been pretty heavy early on for St. Louis City for whatever reason in the scheduling uh, with a lot of home matches. There's only four home matches left. One of those is against North Texas. Mm -hmm. So uh, looking forward to that uh, upcoming. Uh, that should be a really good game. Uh, 
we've got uh, preliminary pr- plans to make it for that particular game as well. Yes, uh, it's too far in advance to do any kind of a preview on it. But yes, Friday, July 22nd, also at Ralph Cordy, St. Louis City 2 takes on um, their potential conquerors, North Texas. Or potentially we are their conquerors. Who knows? There's some good teams in that conference right now, so we'll see how things shake yes. out. <laughs> and, and this is really going to be a battle of juggernauts, because right now, we'll see how it shakes out. That's a few weeks from now, but right now, that's one and two. Yeah. The city's got a predominance of uh, home games so far on their schedule, though they did do a long road trip and perform very well. And we'll see how the reinforcements coming over from Europe, how much game time they get. I'm actually not anticipating a lot. Though you might see some of these guys run out for that North Texas game, or perhaps not. Perhaps Coach John Hackworth uh, will want to stick with the way things are rolling. Uh, that's his decision, was, not ours. I was, I, quite <laughs> frankly, I was going to say, I couldn't say that I would blame him if he did. This team really works. Yep. It's it's firing on all cylinders. And um, I love going to the game because we had our own run-in with Coach John Hackworth, didn't we? we what a sure. shocker that was. <laughs> okay, yeah. So now we're going to jump into the tailgate experience. Okay, so this game scheduled to kick off a little, like about an hour earlier than typical at 6. It then got pushed back to 7 because of the heat advice. It was really hot that day. It's hot. Yeah. It's hot. But the tailgate was scheduled for 4 and the tailgate started at 4, which meant Long day of tailgating. Uh, uh, we had intended uh, to push our travel a little bit back and get there around maybe 4.30 or 5. We d- did push our travel back a little bit and still got there at 4. <laughs> so we had... We'll have more on our other podcast, uh, uh, our travel log today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it basically, it, that, that will be a very uninteresting travelogue because it's the same drive up <laughs> 57 <laughs> and then 64. Um, but no, so we get there at four start of the tailgate and um, great to see everybody. We ended up hanging out a lot with uh, the punks. So it was great to see Rob and Andy, Danielle, Chris. Chris. Um, yes, yeah, we're want to do. We yeah. kind of like the cut of their jib. Yes. And uh, and Clayton from uh, from the drum corps as well. Always one of the capos. Yeah. Great guy. Love hanging out Drinking with all some y'all. punk juice, a uh, uh, punk lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they had a shelter. So we had some shade. That's probably the biggest key in it all, to be quite honest, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this ends up kind of becoming key to this story. We were kind of the most forward of the of the pop-up tents physically yeah like you know in the way that you would like come in from the driveway and up the lane uh to where we were tailgating and uh somebody comes up in their truck and then just kind of parks in More front like of a it. suv wasn't it it was a truck okay but um comes out and he's like hey i got something for you guys and then Clayton's like, hey, you need to move. The trailer's coming behind you. And then comes out with a bunch of beer and walks up. And I'm like, that's John Hackworth. <laughs> so Coach Hackworth comes up, gives us a bunch of beer, two four packs of Citywide and a Voodoo Ranger like variety pack, just dumps it into our coolers and leaves. <laughs> and we're all like, yeah, thank you very much. And I'm like, thanks, Coach. And then some people are like, after he leaves, they're like, did somebody say thanks, coach? Was that Hackworth? <laughs> <laughs> it was 
Yeah. Luckily, he's growing his beard back. After we saw that video after he shaved it, I really wouldn't have recognized him. Yeah. <laughs> but it took us a moment. It's completely... And, hey. Hey, Coach Hackworth, uh, it was greatly appreciated. We really, really appreciated the thought, the feelings. I know that uh, they appreciate the support that City 2's been getting so far this year. And to have it shown in such a visceral way is tangible way is uh very very encouraging i must yeah. say and also uh <laughs> coach hackworth i'd like to say a personal thank you for giving us some of my my very favorite beer <laughs> some city lights <laughs> we did go out of our way to share it uh, all of us there under the tent did not try to bogart all yeah. of the free beer. yeah we were immediately like, yeah, okay yeah. we need to tell everybody like hey there's like free beer that coach hackworth brought us <laughs> let it be known <laughs> But that was that was one of the coolest things I've seen at a, a either academy or a city two game. Another one was uh, when we were there in the uh, supporter section during the game. There was a bunch of guys, clearly with English accent, that were starting their own chants, and they're pretty good. Uh, they're pretty vocal. They're doing all this. A group of what about two or three? Yeah, I think about three guys. So after the game, we're standing around waiting to greet the team as. You do there, and it's quite cool how excited they are to greet all of us supporters. And those guys are there. Josh Dolan comes up. There is mates. Yeah, there is mates. <laughs> came over from England to yeah. visit him. <laughs> his couple of his best friends and his girlfriend was there. I think yeah, something like that. But yeah, yeah it was straight up. It was just like Josh Dolan's friends were there. Yeah, we're his mates <laughs> happened to be standing there as they come up, but we're right next to him. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was. Cool as hell, let's say. <laughs> also, very, this is kind of funny, too. As 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 Doling was leaving to go back onto the field and go through the tunnel, um, I reached down to give him a high five. He reaches up, and then he kind of almost trips on the step and almost falls. <laughs> Like, so, I thought I was going to have to try to reach down to catch him because I was like, all right, I, you can't fall and hurt yourself. We need you. <laughs> Yeah, but we were the ones drinking all day. <laughs> we should have been falling down the stairs. Um, uh, heaven forbid. Uh, unfortunately, that, I don't remember who else. There was another player there. I think it might have been Akil Watts, who was also hanging out and talking with uh, people. Yeah. Um, Josh had a few couple of guys with him to come up and meet his mates. Uh, it was it was a great experience. It really was. It's really what's great about going to these City 2 games at a lower level you're not really going to get this in an MLS stadium. That's that's a major league team in a league that is a higher and higher and higher profile, as we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, you're not really going to get that at the MLS games. You come out to the City 2 games, and you get a chance to meet these guys. And these guys, Josh Doling looks to be somebody that could play on this MLS team. He looks like he might have a future Somewhere being a professional player in MLS or move on, go back to England, play at some professional level there. So this is really cool. Not only that, man, bouncing around in the summer sun uh, for two hours chanting and watching the game. Takes it out of you. <laughs> as an older fellow, I got to say, I, I'm needing this uh, development time and uh, get time to work with the team, just like the uh, Europeans coming over. Uh, it's not as easy as it just looks. It would be easier if I was, say, you know, 25, 30 years younger, but 
uh, it's still a little bit of work. And uh, if you got supporter section tickets, you haven't been out, come out and give it a go. Find out what kind of shape you're in to do that. And maybe you need to do a little work for next season. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember I talked about like, oh, how hard could it be? I've been in mosh pits. It's a it's it's a much different experience. Uh, takes it out of you in a much different kind of way. But um, it's great. It was this was. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, it is so much fun to go to the game. You've heard this. How, how many times every time we come back from a game? Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> So when's the next game? The next game is going to be this coming Saturday uh, on July 2nd at Ralph Cordy again. I think that every other home game for the seasons at Ralph Cordy, we're not going back to SLU. Um, Might go to Centene at the last game, but that's um, unofficial and it's just rumor mill. Yeah, so. we, can, we can touch on that in a little bit. But um, yeah, Ralph Cordy. 2nd of July um, at 7 p.m. against the Colorado Rapids 2. So you might remember that the last time we played the Colorado Rapids 2 was on the road, and it was during that kind of international, international break. break. Yeah, and so... They pumped out Colorado Rapids 1! Yes, who we still beat. <laughs> Not, well, we drew and... Beat in the shootout, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, it, you know, on the standings, it goes down as a tie. I call that a win, even if the standings don't um, play as well as they did in Colorado against the what major is basically team. the ma yeah major league soccer it team. It was yeah. a pyrrhic victory, if nothing else. But um, can't do that this time. Colorado Rapids won't have a game on the fourth, uh, so it will just be the Colorado Rapids two. And they are not as good as the Colorado Rapids one. <laughs> um, they've been on a better streak right now. Uh, there are two, two and one in their last five. That one was that that shootout loss against us. Um, and but they are three, eight and two on the season. So those two wins in the last five are two of their only three wins. Uh, this is not a very good team. Uh, they're ninth in the conference. They did win their last one, which was against Timbers 2. They're not that good either. Yeah, Timbers 2 are actually below Colorado Rapids 2 in the table. A big tale is that they're 1-6-0 and oh on the road, so they don't travel well. And this is be long travel, not just to try to get to St. Louis, but then try to get to Edwardsville as well. Yeah, uh, but hey, even if it is development league, it's still MLS. Who knows what can happen? Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, by contrast, like we said, uh, uh, City 2 has not been beaten in seven games. And um, even if they're not winless like the Monarchs are, the Rapids 2, when they don't have that backup from Rapids 1, are not a very good team. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Uh you know, they're going to have some talent there. They're also an MLS Academy. There's going to be talent, uh, things that can happen. But if St. Louis City 2 just sticks to the plan, people don't get really hurt. Uh, don't get overwhelmed at the fact that there's true international professional players coming into the camp very shortly. Uh, they should handle this. 
Uh, but we'll be watching. We'll be watching on MLSnextpro.com. Is that how it is? Yes, MLSnextpro.com. Um, had a lot of people uh, talking about how the MLS Next Pro streaming is not very good. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. But... Um, I think that a lot of people are complaining that are complaining are kind of like me where they remember watching like the free USL streams on YouTube, which also I think if you take your rose tinted glasses off for a minute, you'll remember are also not very good. (laughs) Um, The only real benefit to that was that they were just up on YouTube and automatically archived so you could watch the whole game back. The MLS Next Pro highlight system and not archiving the streams. That does suck. But uh, you have to remember that this is a pro league sanctioned by MLS and run by MLS. So to just give it to us for free, I can tolerate a little bit of it looking amateurish if it means that we get to watch these teams. Another thing you must keep in mind is that we're all excited in St. Louis. Just nobody else cares. The rest of the league... (laughs) Rochester probably cares. Rochester fans care. Yeah, they probably do. (laughs) Uh, Most of the other ones, this is not. And it's probably very well going to happen next year to To City 2. As we get focused on the MLS club, we're not going to be focused on this as much or demanding as much. Plus, if you were watching STL FC, uh, that was USL Championship. That's League 2 or Tier 2 in the in the pyramid, that's a step higher. So yeah, this these is are technically really tier three. even lower, more developmental than USL Championship is a full-on professional league with full-on veteran professional players play. <laughs> if you if you uh, if you're a longtime listener, you might remember uh, me and Sean talking about uh, City Two playing Indy Eleven in the US Open Cup. And uh, all the announcers saying how much of an upset it is, uh, how much better City 2 is than Indy 11 because they're from a lower division. If you've watched STLFC, then you know that City 2 plays like a USL championship caliber team. So it is technically it was that was technically an upset. That was a tier three team beating a tier two team. We play like a USL championship team. I think that's also why we're very good in this tournament there's also a thought to be had that a lot of those teams like north texas yeah rail monarchs uh next year uh red bulls too are coming to mls next pro you're probably going to lose a lot of the veteran uh more experienced uh higher level professional players that don't want to step down to a developmental league Whereas City 2 would uh, is actively went out, especially with the names of Josh Yarrow and Juan Cousin, went out to get guys that were doing that. Ezra Armstrong, there's others that were already uh, solidified in that sort of USL experience to come in because they're looking to set up their major league squad next year. You're not going to get that from a lot of these other MLS Next Pro. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to back a winner and you're a front runner, this is the year to come out and watch City 2. Yeah. Um, and you're running out of chances, like we've mentioned. There's only four more home games. Um, so if you're in the area, it's really not that far a drive to Edwardsville. 
and Edwardsville is not the horrible nightmare story that you've been told about the east side. You will not have your car broken into and then burned down and then crushed into a cube. You will be fine. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, we're coming in from southern Illinois. It's 64 to uh, 255. Coming from St. Louis, you take 270. You take the exit. You're there. It, it, it really was really ease of travel to get through. I was really kind of shocked. Honestly, it'd probably be easier for t- to get there from the Missouri side than it was for us to get here from the from the yeah. Illinois side because you just take 270. <laughs> but I think I think that's all about all I've got to say about City 2. That pretty much wraps it up. I think we we've, we've covered that as well as we are possible of doing <laughs> yeah. because we really want to get to the academy uh because the MLS next cup playoffs are going on. And we've got the U-17s and the U-16s in this. One side of that haven't, didn't, uh, the glory, there's not a lot of glory there. The other side, there's some glory. Yeah. On the uh, bad side of the uh, results, the U-17s took on a, uh, FC Delco. Uh, Delco was a pretty strong team in MLS. Next was only giving up just barely over a half a goal a game. The U-17s managed to score three goals. Unfortunately, they gave up six, so that was the end of their MLS Next Cup run. But the U-16s went on to play a pretty, looked to be a pretty tight game against the Boston Bolts. And how'd that go, Mason? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, first round against the Boston Bolts, uh, a 3-2 win. Um, so we would, so the U16s advance. Was that the game where Mickey Joyner scored the very late goal to win the game? I believe that that was against yeah. the Boston Bolts. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, informa- like, you know, information on who scored what and when and where is hard to come by in MLS next. Um, always has been. Uh, we have been helped a little bit by the, sir, there are some people that made the trip down to Frisco. And have actually been like live tweeting it, but it's still not easy to come by. Um, but what I do know is that after that win against the Boston Bolts, the U16s went on to face what I think is the best name for a soccer club I've ever heard, Ballistic United. It's, I can't get over it. It's a fantastic <laughs> name. Um, and we beat Ballistic United 3-2 again. Uh, noticing a theme here. And then today... The day yes. of recording on Tuesday this morning, they went to the quarterfinals and took on Atlanta United. Yes. And uh, how did the quarterfinals matchup go? So it was a 1-1 draw going into the 75th minute. And then at the death, we got a goal for City SC U16s. They win in the quarterfinals and advance. In a uh, tight game, tight game. Unfortunately, I don't have the pronunciation down. It was Landon Weber, Landon Weber midfielder, scored the goal at the death. Gave him the 2-1 win to head on to the semis, the final four. Uh, for a academy that a year ago, year ago was not extant. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to the semis of all the academies in the 
well, under the purview of MLS across the nation, not just the MLS academies, but all the other ones as well. Yeah, gotta, <laughs> and you got to remember how big of an umbrella MLS Next is. That includes a lot of academies that are not attached to MLS teams. Um, you know, probably here you know that St. Louis Scott Gallagher competes in MLS Next, but you have similar programs like like Gallagher all across the country that also compete here. U.S. Soccer gave up this umbrella to MLS to run the academies. Uh, so that's the breadth of the entire nation. Uh, so they're there. They're in the Final Four, and they play when? Thursday? Uh, yes, on Thursday on the 30th against D.C. United. And that game will be available to stream on, I believe it's on YouTube or maybe even also on Twitch. Um, you can find the details for that on like the MLS next website, um, where to stream it, but that game will be streamed. You can watch it and it starts at 9am. So you can't sure on that. Yes. Okay. You can stream it. Uh, if you're going to be awake and want to is up to you. Uh, and, uh, the website, if you go to MLSsoccer.com, you'll find the link. It's usually at the top of the homepage. I don't even know if I'd recommend doing that. I would actually recommend Googling MLS Next. MLS Next Streaming. MLS Next Cup Streaming will get you exactly to where you need to yeah. be. Because actually, it's actually pretty difficult to find MLS Next from the MLS Soccer homepage. And it's not its own individual website. It's attached to MLSsoccer.com. So I would recommend just Googling MLS next uh, to get there. But exciting stuff. Really exciting. Going to the Final Four, playing Uni- getting to the Final Four, playing DC United. I didn't know DC United had such a academy. DC United didn't know that St. Louis City had such an academy. So this is exciting stuff. Uh, DC DC United has advanced in their last two rounds through uh, penalty shootout, through penalty kicks. So um, they've been playing hard-fought games. Uh, City has only played really one hard-fought game, and it didn't go to PKs. uh, Because it's been... Well, I guess I guess three two scores are not necessarily not They've been hard fought. Winning at the death, so yeah. uh, in a couple of these. But hey, good on the kids. Love to see it. There's obviously talent in the area that was well known. There's talent in the academy, not all from the area, but uh, it's great to see. I got I got myself mixed up on the scores there. I thought that they were three one, <laughs> not three two. But no, it's yeah, it's been tough fought games all around because these are the playoffs, right? Yeah. And uh, that pretty much wraps up what we've got regarding everything around the umbrella of St. Louis City SC and the scope of what's a you know pretty large club, actually, with academy and development leagues and all that. It's a lot to cover, but also they're just one part of a pretty large league, which is MLS. And uh, while we were out this weekend, I had a couple of questions about why we cover MLS so much. Well, of course, it's because that's where St. Louis City is going to be playing next year in that. But also, it's good to keep on top of who the teams are to pay attention to, who the players are, what's happening, what's going around. And especially as you head in the offseason, 
get some knowledge of some players that might come in that uh, could be very exciting that you might not be aware of. So in an effort to educate ourselves, we cover it pretty extensively. And uh, since we have this uh, forum, why not share it with you? And so we're going to do. And this particular week, there's some rather exciting news to come out of MLS. Did something exciting happen in MLS? I can't imagine what it would be. Well, it drives a <laughs> lot of media narratives. We'll see how it actually plays out on the field. But uh, the Supporter Shield leaders, the best team so far on record in MLS is uh, Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC. And uh, it was announced that... Uh, they signed their designated player, Carlos Vela, to an extension. And they also signed Real Madrid former striker Gareth Bale, who was had some suitors out there, decided to go ahead and come to MLS, play for LAFC, not as a designated player. He'll be coming in under a TAM contract. He was under 660,000 euros a week contract with Real Madrid, but wasn't getting any game time. He has led Wales to their first World Cup since 1958, and apparently this is something he is really, really big on playing for his country. Well, his home country, I guess, in Wales. And he wanted game time. He wanted to play. And he's also said he's really enjoyed coming to play or visit the the west coast of the u.s so he's coming to lafc uh, yeah honestly who whom's among us you know i've been to la i didn't particularly care for the city but uh yeah southern california is one of the most gorgeous places i've ever been so uh, who can blame him <laughs> you could say he only played seven games for real madrid this year probably played more for wales uh, during the season, he did score over a uh, hundred goals and for in all competitions for Real Madrid. When he went there, he was the biggest transfer fee in world soccer. Broke the record. He's a little older, but he's still only thirty-one, thirty-two, somewhere in that range. He's not that old. Yeah, he has uh, not a lot of not a lot of uh, time on those legs recently. Yeah, uh, he's kind of been pushed out at Real Madrid. Perhaps they couldn't find a place to play him for whatever reason. He had did score an overhead kick in a Champions League final, I believe it was uh, one of the greatest kicks in Champions UEFA Champions League history. Uh, has won Champions League with them. A uh, very impactful player, really pretty much the only attacking option for Wales. They went to the semifinals in the Euros a few years back. Now they're going to the World Cup and they qualified. This is a big time player. Yeah, uh, not a not a lot of mileage on him recently. At an age that you would consider in their prime in any sport other than soccer, where you get started at ten um, <laughs> professionally. Uh, it's yeah, th this is it, and also it almost feels sacrilegious to talk about him without Sean here because Sean loves him. But he's a great guy. He's a great player. What can yeah. you say really he about him? <laughs> to go back to Tottenham, go back to his home city, Cardiff City and play in the championship. No, he chose to come to MLS. Seems like he's motivated. 
if a player like this is motivated, then uh, there's very serious motivation that a lot of this was to get him playing time and lead him right up into the World Cup. And which that first game for Wales is against the United States. It's a yeah. nice little sideline on that. Yeah. Uh, certainly a very athletic, uh, perhaps not as he used to be in his heyday with Tottenham or early on at Real Madrid, but still very athletic, very dynamic. Still one, really could be one of the best players in the world coming in. This is a big deal. And he signed a pretty short contract too, right? No, not really. He's, uh, well, through the end of the year, uh, this season, with a pretty serious option for next year, which reports are that that would be a DP contract if he comes back. Uh, so, yeah, that, that with that option year, uh, who know? But really, this is so that he can get kind of in shape for the World Cup, right? <laughs> well, a bit of it. And what's the next step in his life? Is L.A.? Is the marketing opportunity? Is there, you know, things he wants to do after he's done? And does the U.S. play into that uh, to do it? He certainly made a lot of money at Real Madrid on 660,000 euros a week for years and years and, there. And mostly riding pine. But now he wants to play. <laughs> yeah. The money isn't as important as he needs game time. And that's what MLS can give him. He's coming to a winning team. He's coming to a destination city on the world stage. He's going to play with Carlos Vela, who is also known. Uh, and also, I say this without with with plenty of venom in my voice. The U.S. is the cultural hegemon of the world. Yeah, people do want to come here, and MLS has facilities. MLS is a is a well-run league, and if you are not quite, if you're used to being a top player and you're not quite being a top player in one of the top six leagues in the world, MLS becomes a very attractive option now, as they are becoming a better league in the entire world to play. You get the adamant, the added bit of coming to North America to play, the cultural situation. Uh, the ability of the team, some of the talent that's in the league, it's really becoming something that uh, players of this ilk, and you could say it's a retirement league, doesn't sound to you like he's looking for retirement. It looks like he's looking for somewhere to finish out the next stage of his life, he's really to be quite not, honest. He's really not that old. I no, don't he think really he's a isn't. retirement player. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of game left. I think he, he's, if nothing else, he's a guy who wants to game and he hasn't been gaming. And he's coming to MLS. It appears to be very, very bought into trying to do something uh, right now. So he's motivated. He's coming in the right way. And with his talent, LAFC is showing that they're really making a play to win the Supporters' Shield, win MLS Cup. That's uh, been evident since the offseason. Yeah. We all knew this. But uh, I think that this addition, unless it ends up just tragically not working, is nothing but a a back a backing up of that of that goal for the season, and also like something would have to really go wrong for it to not work. Well, there's evidence it could go wrong. He's been it, apparently quite pushed out for some reason. Real Madrid did not seem terribly uh, 
motivated to play, seemed to be more interested in his golf game. Uh, that's already come up in these thoughts. But uh, their sporting director, John Thorrington, was on the broadcast uh, as they played uh, Red Bulls New York this weekend on ABC. And he talked about it, and they asked him what he needed. They asked about, you know, they, this was... You know, they reached out. Is this something you want to do? They were motivated to make this move. Uh, he'll find out the first time he has to travel from L.A. to New York to Austin and then up to Seattle before coming back to L.A. how much he wants this. Uh, but there's some players that didn't seem interested and thought it was not a destination you know, he's had talks with D.C. United. He's been following the league for a while. There's been a lot of hard rumors about him coming to MLS for quite a few years now. So if he's unaware coming in, then he's a blooming idiot, to be quite honest. <laughs> so his, his uh, uh, you know, personnel around him. Uh, his, uh, so we'll see how it goes. He's got to fit in. Where are they going to put him? You know, they brought back Carlos Vela. Yeah. Same time. <laughs> I was say, I feel like we kind of gloss over that one. That's a big one, too. Christian Arango has been coming in off the bench for them. He's been scoring at an incredible rate, scored again this week uh, in his history. They got Brian Rodriguez, who they would really like to sell off to somebody and open up a spot. He's coming in as a TAM player, um, not a DP. They have another DP spot to open up which they'll probably then be hoping that uh, they can move off Brian Rodriguez or Bale, perhaps. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. And really what this comes down to is LAFC trying to keep pace, not with the LA Galaxy. They're trying to keep pace with the Seattle Sounders, who have amassed an incredible roster. But now the depth on LAFC, they got Giorgio Collini coming in. Um, to help their couple of, uh, talented young defenders that, uh, to do that. I don't think he's really there. Could shore him up. Could really be an impact. I think there's also a part of training this. Also, these guys want to come over because MLS is gaining excitement amongst the world players. There's something about this league. And if you watch it, it is an exciting league to watch. The quality, if you're used to watching the Premier League, no, it's not that quality. Hell, nobody's of that quality. Uh, but they can come here and they can play. And especially if they're big names like Gareth Bale, you can be a little forgotten in the U.S. Let's not undersell how much that could be a thing. They won't be in the papers every day, and maybe they get tired of that. There's been a lot who have said that. Terry Henry was big on that. I'm tired of being in the papers every day. I can just come here and hang out. He, you know, so we'll yeah. see how it goes. Seemed to be exciting for the team in LAFC. They had to take on Red Bulls New York. An exciting matchup. Red Bulls came in really under the cosh. Uh, they lost uh, uh, Luquinhos, who'd been very good for him so far this year. And, of course, Aaron Long. Uh, due to COVID uh, health and safety protocols, uh, they 
had their flight delayed. They played a midweek game against NYCFC in the U.S. Open Cup, won that. Uh, they didn't know what the health and safety was going to do about them just getting to the game. That went up to the last minute. They played quite well for a while. You know, Christian Rango comes in. Latif Blessing comes in off the bench. Uh, Kellen Acosta, and it changed the game. Uh, but uh, we'll see what's going forward. That was the exciting news and an exciting game, quite actually. That was an enjoyable game. Yeah. One thing that I want to say just real quick is... um. Another exciting game also on national TV this weekend was uh, the Philadelphia Union uh, in a replay of last year's Eastern Conference Finals, wasn't it, against NYCFC. Uh, this was quite the game. Michael Ure, the uh, DP striker, Philadelphia Union had some trouble with scoring goals. He actually gets a goal in which he kind of just chased into the goal and watched it go in. Uh, that was fun. But the real excitement happened at the very end of this game. Uh, Julian Carranza gets hurt. He's on the field. He's being attended to by the uh, trainer for the union. And Acevedo of NYCFC decides he's going to help and try to pick up Carranza. Well, the trainer did not take that very well. So he kind of Shoves him away, tells him to leave him alone. Acevedo comes back. The trainer actually physically shoves the player on the field. Uh, Tate Castellanos gets involved. What it comes down to is the trainer got a red card. Got escorted from the field. Big guy, too. You don't want to mess with him. Somehow Castellanos got a yellow one. Not really sure how that happened. Yeah, uh, but uh... <laughs> Probably something that was said. But the trainer got a red card. And Philly has no, uh, <laughs> Philly has plenty of big guys. There's no shortage of big guys in Philly. Um, even their politicians are big guys. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, personally, like if, uh, if, if I went up and I was trying to help and I said, I'm going to pick this guy up and, and the trainer, the, the, the medical professional quote unquote says, Hey, don't touch him. And like, sh shoes me away, pushes me away. I then would not go back and be like, you know, what? I'm going to go fuck with this guy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it that was that was a special moment in MLS history. I doubt anybody's ever seen a trainer that was on the field attending to someone get escorted off with a red card. Uh, but it got a little crazier than that, actually, as very late on uh, a penalty kick was awarded to NYCFC. Seemed to be pretty righteous for that. Dati Castellanos scored, and uh, that made it 1-1. And then at the very end, at the death in stoppage time, the ball's pinging around in the box. Uh, looks like everybody's offside for Philadelphia. They get a goal that comes in, gets a deflection. VAR looked at it. The referee looked at it. They decided it's a goal. Little bit of time left. NYCFC comes down. Looks like there was a possible handball. VAR said no. Philadelphia Union get the victory over NYCFC at home. They jump back over uh, New York to get into first place in the Eastern Conference. 
and sometimes you just gotta love MLS. This was a true MLS game right here. I can't think of a more Philly game than just a big guy shoving people around and then some chicanery. <laughs> yeah, they the last few years they've really been embracing the chaos and I don't even mean like like the Philly Union. I just mean the city of oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's a city of Philadelphia style win. <laughs> Some big guys in chicanery. <laughs> Speaking of city with uh, their style of wins, uh, Sporting Kansas City had the unfortunate time with all their injuries and things going on to travel to Seattle face their uh, conquerors in person. Yeah, Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan had themselves games, both of them with a goal and assist. St. Louis's own Will Bruin got a start. He scored a goal in this one. And Seattle is back up and running after winning CCL. They're now in a playoff spot, got some separation, and they just keep chugging along. They're not that far off of actually another home uh, slot in the playoffs, which they have never failed to do. Not only have they always made the playoffs in the history, they've always had the home round, first round matchup at home. We're uh, we're seeing what we expected of Seattle, right? They're charging up the table. Um, I don't think anyone was tremendously surprised that they didn't perform well in MLS while they were competing to eventually win the CSEL. But then I think they got off a little bit on the wrong foot after the CCL. Now they've got their feet under them and they're charging. They want to come back. They want what they think that they're owed. Um, I don't think they're owed anything. It's the Seattle Sounders. They're the, like what? Like probably the winningest team <laughs> in recent memory for MLS. Uh, but these are certain this is certainly a roster with a lot of talent on it. You can't really deny that. Yeah, remember they lost Jao Paulo uh in that uh CCL final for the season. Took them a little bit to get that recovered. So Obed Vargas is helping to set that out. They pushed Albert Rusnak back into defense <laughs> and Jordan Morris is getting back off of his second knee surgery. He's playing well. Uh, they don't even, didn't even have Raul Diaz for this match or the last one. Uh, you know, they got, they got depth and, uh, the move for Gareth Bale really shows to LAFC is showing that what they need to try to overtake Seattle to try to win the MLS cup. Uh, if those of you have been following for a long time, it used to be Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, those guys to beat that team, you had to really do something special. That's why Seattle went out and got Clint Dempsey. Still couldn't beat the Galaxy. That's what LAFC is trying to do uh, to beat Seattle in the Western Conference this year. Another exciting thing that's going on is FC Cincinnati won against Orlando City, a rare Friday night game, which there should be more of and won't be under the Apple TV contract, uh, picked up their seventh win of the season. That's already a club record. We're not even in July yet. And they're seventh oh. in the Eastern Conference, so they're in a playoff spot. Oh, man. The jokes about Cincinnati have to be over because they're 
No, what do you mean they have to be over? <laughs> like, <laughs> they've won seven and that's a club record? <laughs> it's that's, some of the, that's one of the yeah. funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, Cincy, you were such a tragedy. I'm so glad they're good this season. But they the hits keep coming and they don't stop coming, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Uh, I can equate it to another team on our list. Uh, Toronto. Uh, the Reds, uh, they were just terrible for many years in MLS until they got Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, and, uh, Giacchini. Then they went on to start winning everything. Now they've kind of hit a skids on it. Bob Bradley's got them coming back and they've been looking a little better. He started off playing a lot of kids and they had to go through the learning process. Well, they walked away with a 2-1 win over Atlanta. Midweek, they uh, won their semifinals in the Canadian Championship, so they get the chance to take on Vancouver uh, to earn a spot in the next CONCACAF Champions League, just on that, and Lorenzo Insigne will be joining very shortly into a team that finally seems to be rounding into shape. I called them moribund, I think even last week. They don't seem so moribund, actually, in looking back over the last couple of weeks. Still a young team with a lot of work on, but uh, there seems to be some hope, talk that they're also working on another transfer to come in. Yeah, it, it's Toronto. You know, they were in dire straits. Um, it kind of a, a pretty tragic fall from grace for them, but no, they weren't dead. They weren't a cadaver. Yeah, just two years ago, they were in MLS Cup against Seattle. Uh, but who? what is a tragedy is Atlanta, Brooks Lennon, hurt himself in warm-ups, had to be carried from the field. It's been found out he uh, hurt his knee, he has an M MCL sprain, he's out six to eight weeks, and the injury hits in Atlanta, especially in their defense, just keep coming. Yeah. We focus a lot on the injuries happening to SKC because SKC was performing really well last season where El where Atlanta was middling. But Atlanta is getting hammered, maybe arguably even harder than SKC is. Yeah, Brooks Lennon's had 71 matches with Atlanta. He's been very durable, had started and played 69 of them. Now he's out six to eight weeks. It, they just seem to be cursed. Uh Another exciting game over this weekend was a draw in uh, Texas. Austin and FC Dallas played to a 2-2 draw. In this one, all the goals were in the second half. Dallas jumped out to the 2-0 lead. Austin fought themselves back. Jerese is really having a MVP caliber season for Austin. Austin's the real deal, man. And We uh, talked about if they were real or not. They're real. I know yeah, that, are I, they real to win? No. No, are they but real they're real to make the playoffs? They're oh, real. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Dallas is scuffling a little bit. Uh their DP signing Francisco Hara had a couple of bad misses in this one. Had Paul Ariola, who's not unknown to bad misses pulling his hair out. Uh Austin. Austin looks pretty good right now. Another team that's looking pretty good at the moment, though not in the playoff space, is Inter-Miami. 
they stripped everything away. Started with nothing. They look terrible. They win again. 2-1 over Minnesota, who is starting to look terrible. Uh, but uh, I don't know if Miami can keep it up, but Phil Neville thought he was a terrible coach. Now I think he's a pretty good coach. Maybe in about four weeks, I think he's a terrible coach again. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, one last thing in MLS to talk about. Uh, Charlotte FC, the expansion team this year, had lost 13 players to health and safety protocols, either through COVID or injuries. Uh, they tried to get their uh, match against Montreal on the road postponed. It didn't happen. And they lost to Montreal. Shocking. Yeah. Kind of a tough thing, but uh, hey, what can you do? COVID is not going away, folks. Yeah. But the, I mean, they really did go like the 2020 Miami Marlins or 2020 St. Louis Cardinals mode on it and lost like half their team. <laughs> and still play pretty well, to be quite honest, even with the new coach and everything going on. Uh, that pretty much wraps up what we got for MLS. There were a few other matches. Uh, you can look them up on MLS.soccer.com if you're really <laughs> interested. Yeah, we we're kind of out our MLS correspondent this week. <laughs> Uh, but we did want to give a couple of minutes to U.S. Open Cup still going on. And we had a cup set. Yes, cup set. Sacramento Republic out of USL uh, beat L.A. Galaxy, which really shouldn't happen. L.A. Galaxy, come on. Look at the talent you have, but that shows your mental strength, I guess. And uh, But you know what? I love to see it. It, it gives an interesting matchup on that side of the bracket. Unless I'm wrong, I'm quite certain that they will take on Sporting Kansas City. Yes. Who did beat Just absolutely three, thumped uh, another yeah, cup set team. Union yeah. Omaha. And SKC having so much trouble with injuries in, in MLS is into the semifinals and playing a USL team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there is a... Honestly, your your obvious inclination is to say, well, the MLS team beats the lower division team. I don't know, though, because it's Sporting Kansas City who has been pretty well decimated by injuries. Taking on a U.S. It's a very uh, intriguing matchup. Yeah, it's uh, a taking on a, a, a clearly very good USL championship team who just beat the LA Galaxy. Now... There are, we might see a USL team in the finals in this US Open Cup. We uh, might. But the game isn't until, I believe, July 26th. 26th. Yeah. Uh, there's players coming in in this uh, window in July for Kansas City, so they'll have reinforcements coming in for that game. Will they be ready? Will they be enough to get past Sacramento? This is an intriguing matchup. Uh, probably much more in the other side of the bracket. Uh, uh, bracket. bracket. Uh, Red Bull New York uh, really stuck one on uh, defending MLS Cup champion NYCFC 3-0. Bad week for NYCFC uh, to advance. And then we're recording on Tuesday. So the night of listening, if you're listening on the night this uh, podcast drops on Wednesday. Hopefully. Orlando City will be hosting... Still a pretty strong Nashville team. Both these teams are pretty good. 
could be a good matchup. Again, it's MLS against MLS in the U.S. Open Cup. Not as exciting. That Sacramento-Kansas City semifinal looks to be very exciting. Be keeping an eye on that. I'm going to be honest. Um, yeah, I've talked a lot about how much I love the U.S. Open Cup, and I do. But um, I have kind of stopped following it after uh, after City 2 lost to Louisville. Um, and then also, especially when Louisville got knocked out. Um, but uh, I am going to watch this Sacramento SKC game. Oh, it's a great narrative. And the winner of that game is actually who will be rooting for to win it. Because it'll either be a USL team to win it or the team that's been decimated in MLS that goes ahead and somehow makes a cup run and wins the cup. Yeah. And remember, CONCACAF Champions League's on the line for the winner of the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. Um, I've heard some of the rest of you also say that you stopped following the U.S. Open Cup when City 2 got bounced and when Lou, when Lou City got bounced. Get Come with me. Watch, watch the Sacramento game. This could be the biggest cup set we've ever seen <laughs> you know, there's been other teams come through and win but uh even, not in a long time even sporting kansas city coming from where they are to to make this run is pretty incredible as well for an mls team honestly like sacramento making it to that game against la was a cinderella run and now they're in the semis yeah but fc cincinnati made it to the finals didn't they and of course rochester rhinos won it a few years back. So it's not unheard of, but it's exciting. And to watch it. Uh, then you could have the Red Bulls or Orlando City. couple of uh, afterthoughts maybe before the season actually in it for the U.S. Open Cup. I'd really like to see the Red Bulls take the team they've got right now. Get into uh, CONCACAF Champions League next year, I think. They'd have something going on, but not as much as I'd like to see Sacramento, especially get into U.S. Open, uh, into CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, that would be exciting. Especially I'd love in, to see that. Especially in the first year with that. Because isn't this the first year where it's been expanded to include yeah, also U.S. Remember, Open? Sacramento had a, had a bit, an MLS yeah. team and then lost their MLS team. Yeah, because the owners backed out. Yeah, yeah. so... This very well could have been uh, the a team that we would have gone up against in our uh, expansion window. I think they would have actually lost Vegas if they get it. We'll take Sacramento's spot, to mm -hmm. be honest. It's the way that would have worked, but it's been a while, and I haven't thought about that a lot, so I could be No, because it, it's basically now a foregone conclusion that and, Vegas is getting yeah, that spot. And now we're talking out of our butt. Seems a good time to write or wrap this one up this week. Yep. And I'm your host, Mike Turner. And I'm your producer, Mason. And speaking for our truant caveman hooligan, Sean Campbell, I'll say thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>